0: Welcome to New Mexico in Focus, the podcast for Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Happy New Year. I'm Lou DeVizio. I hope everyone had a safe and enjoyable holiday season. Hopefully you got a chance to spend some time with family or people that you cared about. I know I did. I really valued it. It was a a really nice break. Uh, I know the podcasts were sporadic, but thanks for sticking with us through what's usually a hectic season for us at NMPBS. If you didn't catch our shows over the last two weeks... Our land senior producer, Laura Paskus, looked back at 2022 from an environmental perspective. And then Jean and a panel of former New Mexico state lawmakers looked ahead to the upcoming 2023 legislative session. That's going to be a key focus of ours over the next few weeks and months as we prepare for Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham's State of the State Address and the start of this year's 60-day session. On the podcast this week, Gene and our line opinion panelists talk through the staggering amount of new money available to lawmakers in this year's budget, plus a push for new gun control legislation, and whether or not the legislature should consider some changes that would modernize the way that they do business. That's all coming up on this episode of the podcast. But for now, let's get right to the headlines impacting New Mexicans. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham has been sworn in for a second term leading New Mexico. The governor officially started her second term on New Year's Day with promises of, quote, launching the state into the future, end quote, by building on the work that her administration has done over the last four years. During her remarks at the ceremony, the governor ran through a list of primary issues she plans to tackle, including early childhood education, affordable housing, opioid addiction, and codifying abortion rights. The governor also announced her three choices for the state's new Public Regulation Commission. It's a process we've been following closely here at New Mexico in focus. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham appointed former state lawmaker Brian Moore, Patrick O'Connell, a professional engineer with more than 28 years of experience in New Mexico utilities, and Gabrielle Aguilara, who's worked for the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission since 2007. Once confirmed by the state legislature, those three men will have authority over key decisions that have direct economic and environmental consequences for the state's utility customers. The governor made her final selections from a list of nine nominees, sent by a nominating committee that researched candidates for weeks. A notable omission in her three selections is Native American representation. Native Americans and tribal nations have a vested interest in these decisions, particularly in northwestern New Mexico, where one coal-fired power plant and a nearby mine were recently shut down, taking hundreds of jobs and tax revenue with them. Friday, the governor signed an executive order creating a tribal advisory council to provide input to the commission. It will be made up of one representative from the eight Northern Pueblos, one from the ten Southern Pueblos, one from the Apache tribes, and one from the Navajo Nation. New Mexico's top prosecutor says a teenage boy's death in an Albuquerque police standoff and subsequent house fire could have been avoided. Police were trying to arrest a man inside. In a press release the day before he left office, Attorney General Hector Balderas announced the results of a review of the July death of 15-year-old Brett Rosenau. Balderas says, quote, less lethal tactics to detain the suspect earlier would have mitigated fatal risks, end quote. He called on Albuquerque Police Chief Harold Medina and incoming Bernalillo County Sheriff John Allen to work together on effective non-lethal options when it comes to apprehending suspects biggest factor at play in the roundhouse in two weeks will surely be money. The state is in for a massive surplus as oil and gas revenue continues to boom. That could mean a lot of opportunities for Democratic leadership to push their agenda forward. We have the perfect group of panelists to talk about the upcoming session. Gene is joined by former state senator Dee Feldman, former state senator Diane Snyder, and former state representative Dan Foley. Take it away, Gene.
1: YOU ALL KNOW WHAT IT'S LIKE TO GET READY FOR THE UPCOMING SESSION, ALL THREE OF YOU, BUT NOT WITH THE KIND OF MONEY OUR STATE LAWMAKERS HAVE IN FRONT OF THEM FOR 2023. STATE ECONOMISTS ESTIMATE GOVERNMENT INCOME OF NEARLY $12 BILLION FOR THE FISCAL YEAR, RUNNING FROM JULY 2023 TO JUNE 2024. THE IMPORTANT BIT, THAT'S $3.6 BILLION MORE THAN THE ANNUAL GENERAL FUND SPENDING OBLIGATIONS RIGHT NOW Daniel, can you explain the opportunity? I'm gonna put opportunity in finger quotes here for lawmakers have in front of them. Or is this a giant landmine ready to go off <laughs> to make things very difficult for everybody? What what, what end yeah, of the it, spectrum are, are it, we on it, here?
2: It's a little bit of both, right? First okay. of all, I know you're I know, Gene, over the years you I give you grief all the time, you gotta be extremely orgasmic with the fact that we can now solve every problem because we have all the money to solve every problem. Somewhat. Um, You know, one of the first things I I think both the senators will agree with me is, you know, first of all, take these these projections with a grain of salt, because we have in New Mexico, we have a balanced budget amendment. You have to be about we have to prevent produce a balanced budget. Right. And when I was in the legislature, we didn't always produce the budget based on the revenue. We created the revenue based on the budget. Mm -hmm. Right. You'd go in, you'd say, here's what we're going to spend. And then we go back and we tinker with the price of oil, the price of gas. We'd have different uh, things that come out. So I'm not sure that we'll have this much money. I think that it's going to fluctuate significantly between now and the time they get it. Remember, they, that may be what they have today. You're talking about getting through a 60-day session, getting all of the work done. At the earliest this money would be available would be July or August mm-hmm. by the time they get the bonds sold and everything. So it could be a significant change even though they, they think they have it. The real question is going to be, Um, You know, we're clearly a state that has a ton of needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no doubt about it. I mean, our water situation isn't getting better. Uh, Our road situation isn't better. But, you know, is it gonna be Mm -hmm. the usual uh, argument that that seems to uh, constantly present itself, which is, um, you know, are you going to solve problems that exist or are you gonna create programs to solve problems that are gonna require recurring funding? Because uh, as we saw when Gary Johnson was governor, there was growth in some entitlement programs, and when he cut them, he got sued by the legislature, and the legislature prevailed and said, he has the right to not grow that program anymore, but you can't do away with the people that were added. And uh, my initial gut reaction is there'll be very little focus on spending the money on one-time options that that money can solve a problem today. Mm-hmm. It be this, It'll be the, the groundwork and the laying the <laughs> sowing seeds for uh, programs. THEY'RE GOING TO COST SIGNIFICANT AMOUNTS OF MONEY THAT WILL BE BACK WHEN THE DOWNTURN COMES TO DISCUSS WHERE DO WE GET THAT MONEY FROM.
1: THAT'S A GOOD POINT THERE. WE'LL, we'll CIRCLE BACK TO THAT, THE AMOUNT OF MONEY THAT'S SLATED TO JUST LAND IN OUR LAPS HERE OVER THE, over the YEARS. SENATOR uh, FELDMAN, GOT TO START HERE WITH YOU. WE HAD A BLUE NOVEMBER HERE IN NEW MEXICO. THERE'S NO DOUBT ABOUT THAT. DEMOCRATS uh, APPROACHING THIS YEAR'S SESSION WITH MOMENTUM. AND WHAT PRIORITIES ARE THEY PLANNING ON PUSHING FORWARD? ANY INDICATIONS HAVE YOU HEARD SO FAR?
3: WELL, THE GOVERNOR HAS A LIST, mm-hmm. um, AND I THINK THAT THE LEGISLATURE IS, uh, is uh, GRAPPLING WITH THIS uh, $3.6 billion IN NEW REVENUE, AND have, THEY HAVE SOME PROPOSALS AS WELL. Mm-hmm. Uh, FROM WHAT I UNDERSTAND FROM THE GOVERNOR, um, THE uh, PUSH IS NOT GOING TO BE SO MUCH IN CREATING NEW PROGRAMS, um, BECAUSE THAT IS A DANGER. Uh, but all, but in building on what already exists, okay. and I think that um, there's uh, there's some talk about uh, money for family planning. Uh, there's talk about uh, increases for education, uh, but not just the usual teacher salary increases. Also uh, reforms like mm-hmm. increasing the number of hours that uh, kids spend in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, of course, her free lunch program has gotten a lot of publicity. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, that is something I think that uh, that merits uh, some consideration, particularly since the state is going to be. Um, uh, REACTING TO the, uh, THE WITHDRAWAL OF FEDERAL MONEY OR THE END OF FEDERAL MONEY FROM COVID. Right. Uh, YOU KNOW, there, THERE WERE A LOT OF uh, TANF MONIES, THERE WERE A LOT OF uh, MEDICAID MONIES THAT CAME TO THE STATE DURING mm. COVID THAT WILL END. Um, SAYING THAT, I THINK THAT THE LEGISLATORS AND PARTICULARLY IN THE SENATE HAVE SOME PLANS FOR PUTTING THIS NEW MONEY INTO uh, SOME PERMANENT FUNDS uh that are, are are geared toward um investing and solving some of the problems that we have when when Gene uh, mentioned i mean when um, water was brought up mm-hmm. uh, also uh environmental investments that would gradually get the state away from its dependence on oil and gas and of course that's the origin OF ALL THIS NEW MONEY.
1: Mm-hmm. INTERESTING, uh, SENATOR SNYDER, I'M GLAD SENATOR JUST MENTIONED OIL AND GAS. 40% OF THIS MONEY IS COMING FROM OIL AND GAS, AND HERE WE ARE HAVING A LOT OF ELECTED FOLKS SAYING WE NEED TO GET AWAY FROM OIL AND GAS. <laughs> IT'S A CLASSIC NEW MEXICO DILEMMA. BUT I, I GUESS MY QUESTION FOR YOU IS FOR REPUBLICANS, it, IT SEEMS LIKE THERE'S A PARTICULAR CHALLENGE COMING UP HERE. YOU'VE GOT EXCITED DEMOCRATS COMING IN WITH NUMBERS AND A plan. And, AND I'M CURIOUS WHERE YOU THINK REPUBLICANS MIGHT BE ON HOW THIS ALL SORT OF UNFOLDS OVER THE SESSION.
4: WELL, THANKS, JEAN. I THINK THE REPUBLICANS UNDERSTAND VERY CLEARLY, BECAUSE THAT'S WHERE A LOT OF THEM ARE FROM, IS OIL AND GAS COUNTRY. Mm-hmm. AND THEY KNOW from, FROM THEIR LOCAL LEVEL UP TO THE STATE, EVEN UP TO THE FEDERAL GOVERNMENT, WHAT THAT IMPACT IS AND HOW MUCH MONEY IT IS. So they also know from their own budgets and their own company that it's a boom bust cycle. Mm-hmm. And is, I mean, I'm like everybody else. I go, oh gosh, I wish I'd had that kind, of 3.6 billion when I was in the Senate. Sure. Because one of the things that I've always been such a proponent of is permanent funds for our infrastructure. And, I, and infrastructure has grown now to mean not only roads and bridges, which by the way, we're still right at the bottom of the uh, pile for the safety of our bridges. And don't be confused that it's just crossing the Rio Grande. Mm -hmm. It's every little arroyo that is a bridge going over it that on on rural highways. And that's how you get fire trucks to your your emergency vehicles. Mm -hmm. So we have in the last couple of years, have looked at that a little bit and done some work, but we're also infrastructure is also, the uh, internet, the uh, World Wide Web, it's that impacts and you take those areas and infrastructure is not just somebody playing games on their computer or emailing, it's how we're teaching our children nowadays. Mm -hmm. So that was, if I'm not mistaken, part of the concern with the lawsuit that was brought about that that we don't treat our uh, children equitably, uh, across the state Mm -hmm. so they don't have that kind of infrastructure available so those are things i'd like to see us do first i think the practical kind of wisdom from you'll see from republicans is going toward that let's do those roads because we've got a lot of really bad roads Mm -hmm. in oil and gas country where Uh they've been used so much and not repaired so i think you'll see more of it go concern over that then moving because i have to tell you here in albuquerque we could certainly do with some improvement the other thing is is i i have also heard in fact as one one very vocal uh, republican senator has been talking about this the smaller permanent funds in which only the revenues generated would be used and that it could continue to grow so that when the bus cycle does come that we won't be so hard hit THAT WE CAN CONTINUE. Uh, I PERSONALLY LIKE THE IDEA, Mm -hmm. uh, THE GOVERNOR'S IDEA, OF SEEING THAT EVERY CHILD HAS A FREE LUNCH. Mm -hmm. I CAN'T, I DON'T HAVE CHILDREN, BUT I CAN'T IMAGINE A CHILD BEING ABLE TO LEARN IF THEY'RE GOING HUNGRY. THAT'S RIGHT. SO I WOULD LIKE TO SEE SOME KIND OF AN AGREEMENT REACHED ON THAT. LET ME
1: me KIND OF KICK OVER TO DAN HERE. JUST GOT ABOUT TWO AND A HALF MINUTES HERE. Uh, I'VE GOT A BIG ONE HERE. I WANT ALL THREE OF YOU TO WEIGH IN ON. DANIEL, ARE WE AT A PLACE NOW WHERE THE GOVERNOR HAS TO SERIOUSLY CONSIDER SOME KIND OF RETURN OF THIS MONEY TO THE <laughs> TAXPAYERS CONCERNING HOW MUCH WE HAVE? Uh, WE MIGHT RECALL SHE AUTHORIZED THAT TAX REBATE FOR $1,500 PER HOUSEHOLD EARLIER IN THE YEAR, BUT I'M PARTICULARLY INTERESTED IN WHAT'S GOING ON IN MY OWN WHOLE STATE OF MASSACHUSETTS, of uh, WHAT'S CALLED CHAPTER 62F, AND BASICALLY WHAT'S HAPPENED IS THE STATE is IS MAILING OUT CHECKS TO Uh, 3 MILLION PEOPLE IN MASSACHUSETTS FOR A PARTIAL REFUND OF THEIR STATE TAXES BECAUSE WHAT THEY TOOK IN HAS GONE OVER A CERTAIN LINE THEY DETERMINED WHERE MONEY HAS TO BE RETURNED TO THE TAXPAYER. I'M AMAZED REPUBLICANS HAVEN'T STARTED TO MAKE THIS A LITTLE NOISIER. THIS IDEA, WE HAVE ALL THIS MONEY SLOSHING AROUND. IT MIGHT BE TIME FOR SOME OF IT TO COME BACK TO THE
2: TAXPAYER. ARE YOU IN AGREEMENT ON THAT AND HOW DO WE DO IT IF, if THAT'S, uh, if that's <clears throat> well, SOMETHING THAT'S Jean, AGREEABLE? I MEAN, OF COURSE I'M IN AGREEMENT WITH THAT. IT'S THEIR MONEY, RIGHT? I MEAN, THIS MONEY IS COMING FROM, THE GOVERNMENT DOESN'T CREATE ANYTHING IT TAKES. Yeah. SO, YOU KNOW, SO THIS IS ALL THE PEOPLE'S MONEY. THIS IS A MUCH DEEPER CONVERSATION I WOULD JUST SAY, You raise a great point. It sounds great on our show, but you're talking about philosophical differences, right? I mean, we have a governor who's not going to run for re-election. She's done after four years. So do you need to go out and try to bring the public over to your side now and you're never running for election again? Or do you build legacy programs that you're able to say, you know, are people going to remember 20 years from now that you gave them three or four thousand dollars? Or are they going to have a better stance on remembering that you created a free lunch program or a free bus program? So right. uh, I do think the money should be going back. I think the money should be going back to people in general. It shouldn't be a need-based give back. Mm-hmm. It should, you know, it needs. there needs to be some opportunity. But I would also say... One of the worst things we can do in the state is give more handouts. I mean, this state seems to be the king of finding ways to make people not go get a job, right? How do we how do we get you more assistance for this and more assistance for that? So, you know, is it really yes, a, I, is
1: it really a handout? Does it have to be classified you know. as as such? I mean, it, well, it I think it does if it's you're a, not
2: I think uh, it does if you're not someone who they're taking the money from. Okay. If it wasn't your money when they took it, then when I when they take money out of my pocket and give it to Eugene, it's taking for me to give a handout to you. Senator Feldman, what's your thought on this? And, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with
1: the, what's going on in Massachusetts. You don't even have to call, they just mail you the check. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even something you have to apply for or do anything else, or it just gets automatically dumped in your, your bank account. Is that it's something we not, should think about here?
3: It's hard not to call that a handout, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it's contrary to what Dan says. Mm-hmm. But I think that, um, that first of all, THE GOVERNOR, DESPITE THE FACT THAT THIS IS HER LAST TERM, HAS ALREADY PROPOSED ANOTHER um, TAX REBATE. Mm -hmm. Um, AND REMEMBER, THE TAX AND THESE THINGS COST A LOT OF MONEY. Uh, THE the $1,500 THAT EACH FAMILY GOT LAST YEAR, THAT COST $1.1 BILLION. THAT'S, YOU KNOW, THAT'S ABOUT A THIRD OF THE NEW MONEY Mm -hmm. uh, FOR THIS TIME. SO um, I THINK, THOUGH, WHAT IT POINTS OUT TO ME IS THAT Now is the time for a tax overhaul, Ah, an overhaul of the gross receipts tax, where maybe we could lower the gross receipts tax for everyone um, and uh, make some other fixes in tax pyramiding. Mm -hmm. And yes, that's going to cost a little bit of money, but it seems to me like now is the time to do it. AND I THINK THAT THE LEGISLATORS HAVE AN APPETITE FOR THAT, ESPECIALLY IN THE HOUSE.
1: GOOD POINT THERE. SENATOR SNYDER, I WANT TO GIVE YOU A SHOT HERE IF YOU CAN KEEP IT JUST A LITTLE BIT SHORT. Are, 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 IS THIS A GOOD IDEA FOR NEW MEXICO TO START spinning SOME MONEY BACK INTO THE TAXPAYER'S POCKET OUT OF ALL THESE BILLIONS WE HAVE SLOSHING AROUND?
4: Uh, ALWAYS, I THINK, TO GIVE BACK for, TO THE pe- PEOPLE WHO HAVE PAID, mm-hmm. BUT WHEN YOU GET INTO IT IS THAT'S NOT ALWAYS THE WAY IT GOES. DETERMINING WHO'S GOING TO GET THE REBATE, is the challenge that elected officials have. Mm -hmm. The other thing, just very quickly, is uh, if we continue to grow and do, let's look first at how I would rather, and of course people say, well, you just have money. That's not true. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to see something for the future so that uh, money is being made, that we can also keep our young people here in our state. Mm -hmm. So let's take a serious look Changing the tax structure, looking for jobs, but we can't just we can't just drop the uh, grocery receipts tax. If you do that, that money when we get the bus cycle, somebody's going to have to come up with that money. So we need a long-term plan mm-hmm. and approach.
1: All, to changing. all the more reason I'm going to say this, uh, especially for Dee Dee's uh, benefit here. All the more reason for this push for a for a longer legislative session.
0: Lawmakers will have a lot to consider during their 60-day assignment in Santa Fe. At this point, we don't know for sure what will come up, but we have a pretty good idea. We've heard rumblings about action on abortion, rent stabilization, alcohol taxes, and gun control. During this segment, we focus on the latter, the possibility of new restrictions when purchasing certain types of firearms, and harsher penalties for parents who leave guns accessible in their home. Here's Gene.
1: LET'S TURN OUR ATTENTION TO ANOTHER ISSUE WE'RE EXPECTING TO COME UP IN THE SESSION NEXT MONTH. THAT WOULD BE GUN CONTROL. Now, THE LAST FEW SESSIONS HAVE SEEN AN ARRAY OF BILLS ON THAT TOPIC AND THIS YEAR IS NO DIFFERENT. REPRESENTATIVE ELECT Rena SCHAPANSKI FROM SANTA FE PLANS TO INTRODUCE LEGISLATION THAT WOULD RAISE THE AGE FOR PURCHASING AN AR-15 STYLE RIFLE FROM 18 YEARS OLD TO 21. NOW DANIEL LET ME START WITH YOU ON THIS ONE. IT'S A TOUGH SUBJECT AMONG SOME PARTS OF OUR STATE. It's happening around the country and some places should the age of a minimum age be increased for these size rifles, over these type of rifles and its chances of passing in the legislature. Oh, you're on mute there, Daniel.
2: Sorry about that. I think think these are examples of uh, feel-good types of things that you want to do. Here's why I say that. You look at many examples of the things that are going on today, whether they're mass shootings or whether they're just individual crime. Mm -hmm. Most of these people can't get guns. They're either they're either happening in communities that have strict gun control laws, or they're people who, if they went about getting guns the right way, they wouldn't be able to get a gun. So, you know, raising the age doesn't it's not necessarily the thing that I think is going to have the consequences. Do I think it has the chance of passing? Guns are one of the few things in the legislature, especially in New Mexico that is not necessarily a party issue. It's a rural urban issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start talking about limiting opportunities for guns, purchasing guns, having guns. I can tell you right now, you could be one of the most liberal Democrats from way northern New Mexico, and you're suddenly going to be sitting next to Candy Azell from Roswell and saying, Yeah, we're not, we're not, my constituents aren't for this. It's a real issue between people in Albuquerque santa fe versus really the rest of the state so Mm -hmm. um you'll i think you're going to see some of these things brought in i think you'll find a lot of these things will get turned into some sort of studies and memorials but i don't foresee there being a huge Uh, DESIRE FROM ESPECIALLY A HEAVILY RURAL STATE, Mm -hmm. AND AFTER REDISTRICTING MORE LEGISLATORS REPRESENTING RURAL NEW MEXICO, Mm -hmm. I DON'T THINK YOU'RE GOING TO SEE A LOT OF MOVEMENT ON ANYTHING THAT LIMITS PEOPLE'S ABILITY TO PURCHASE OR UTILIZE GUNS. SENATOR Snyder, LET ME ASK YOU
1: THIS, THOUGH. Um, I MENTIONED OTHER STATES HAVE PASSED SIMILAR BILLS, INCLUDING CALIFORNIA AND NEW JERSEY, BUT CALIFORNIA, OF COURSE, YOU MIGHT HAVE HEARD, U.S. APPEALS COURT IN CALI uh, STRUCK DOWN THE AGE (laughs) CHANGE CLAIMING IT VIOLATED THE SECOND Amendment. Um, AND WE HAVE THE BENNY HARGROVE GUN SAFETY ACT HERE LOCALLY EXPECTED TO BE REINTRODUCED THIS YEAR BY REPRESENTATIVE PAMELA HERNDON, THAT'S THE firearm STORAGE BILL, MAKE IT A CRIME IF A CHILD GAINS an UNAUTHORIZED ACCESS TO A GUN. THESE THINGS ARE DIFFICULT, AREN'T THEY? THEY'RE HARD TO GET A HOLD, of A MAJORITY OPINION ON. BUT I'M CURIOUS ON THE AR-15 TYPE BAN OR age, RAISING THE AGE LIMIT, ARE YOU WITH DAN ON THIS NOT, not A VIABLE IDEA AT THIS POINT?
4: Well, I very much agree with Dan that it's and it's not even at this point. Mm-hmm. I think it, that the bottom line is, is you can raise the age, but the people who follow the law are not the ones that laws help.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, I don't see it stopping in any way. I think that just because I have, I mean, we didn't see drinking, illegal drinking, go down when we raise the age on on what legal uh, is drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that two things. We still need education on how to look at and and have a gun in your home. Um, I've been because of a number of different reasons, I myself have been looking to see what the options were for me and talking to friends who have them. And I and the education part. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think everybody looks at that first. They just say something happened, I want a gun, they go out and they find one. And I think it's just like drugs. If you want a gun, you can find one. So I'm not sure that just saying that you have to be two years older or three years older is going to buy a gun is going to actually stop people getting guns. Mm
1: Senator Feldman, let me get you in on this, in the Benny Hargrove Act as well, I should mention the proposed law doesn't specify how a gun should be stored, but says gun owners could be fined $1,000 for storing a weapon in a way that would allow a minor to gain unauthorized access. Not quite sure how one would determine that beyond walking into somebody's home and determining this. But in the overall, Senator, are you anticipating some kind of movement on guns IN WEAPONRY HERE IN NEW MEXICO? Or, OR ARE WE SORT OF JUST POSING HERE, AS THEY SAY? Some... NO. Okay.
3: I AM EXPECTING some, uh, SOME ACTION THIS TIME. WHEN YOU HAVE A 20-SEAT MAJORITY IN THE NEW MEXICO HOUSE FOR mm-hmm. THE DEMOCRATS, I THINK YOU can, uh, CAN EXPECT SOMETHING. AND I THINK THE Benny HARGROVE ACT IS A LIKELY ONE TO PASS. Mm-hmm. Uh, IT MAKES SENSE uh, THAT uh, GUN OWNERS SHOULD uh, STORE THEIR WEAPONS SAFELY IN mm-hmm. GUN SAFES OR WITH TRIGGER LOCKS. Um, and that their children should not have the easy kind of access that has led to uh, school shootings. Um, and I think that there's some mm-hmm. consensus on that from both rural and uh, urban legislators in the House. It'll be a little bit more difficult in the, in the Senate. But remember uh, the legislature uh, after the last election when the, there was a democratic sweep did the heavy lifting And the heavy lifting in terms of gun safety was background checks Mm -hmm. uh, and a red flag. And last time a red flag law, both of those are already on the books. Um, I think that uh, there needs to be some action this time to fix that red flag law so it is more effective in uh, keeping guns out of the hands of people who are a danger to themselves, have been declared so by law enforcement uh, or by their families. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's going to be maybe more likely than the age uh, than the age limitation. But I, I want to remind you also that we already have an age limitation on certain types of assault weapons. Right. That is 21. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, closing a loophole for these particular assault rifles that uh, Rena Sapansky is putting forward her, her legislation. Mm-hmm. So I think prob- most likely there will be, uh, you know, if the for the things that don't pass, there will be an Office of Gun Safety established. Uh, to uh, look
1: into more of these, hmm. i HAD not heard that. That's interesting. I wonder how that would work too. I'd like to see the details of that, Daniel. Interestingly, right here in the uh, area, here, partners in the Albuquerque Metro Crime Initiative, they prepared a round of bills for the session targeting issues like gun violence, narcotics. A uh, retail crime is huge in our city right now. Uh, improving officer retention, an issue you've talked about in the show for years, is it important for the legislature to give these bills a hard look for what's inside them, but also Give them some legitimacy. How, how does this work when it comes to actually sitting down amongst fellow so, legislators?
2: Yeah, so I think I think there's a couple things. First of all, there are some issues that are local issues, right? There's some right. issues, problems that are Albuquerque's problems that I don't think the legislature should try to fix. It's the city council and the mayor; they got to fix them. Sometimes the county commission. But where you have to take a look at say, where are we an impediment towards making things better, right? Okay. And so um, you know, when you start looking at one of the problems that arises out of a lot of the stuff that, you know, my good friend, Senator Feldman talks about who I love dearly, you know, when they talk about, oh, we're going to look at, you know, should people have these guns? Should people have these guns? The question becomes, who's the ones that are going to make these decisions, right? Mm-hmm. So police officers start saying, we already have an already over overtaxed police department. We don't have enough people, but now we're going to give them four more laws that anybody can pick the phone up and say, go check on this person, go do this, go check on that. So, I mean, that's where I think there has to be some serious discussions. I think it also uh, has to do with, figuring out, but the legislature's key uh, in, you know, when I was there, we were the key kings and queens of unintended consequences, right? You know, we we said, hey, we're going to help get retired police officers back to work faster by letting them go back to the police departments. Well, you know, we passed that bill. Lo and behold, it didn't help rule New Mexico. Everybody came back to Bernalillo County right. and Los Alamos <laughs> yep. and Santa Fe. So we had to go in and then put caps on it. So right. I think you're going to see Your a memory. process where mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a process where hopefully uh, LEGISLATORS ARE LISTENING TO SOME OF THESE LOCAL ENTITIES, THE SHERIFFS, THE COUNTY COMMISSIONS, THE CITY COUNCILS, AND SAYING, OKAY, WHERE CAN WE HELP YOU? AS as uh, I FOUND OUT WHEN I WAS IN THE LEGISLATURE, THE BEST DECISIONS FOR ROSWELL ARE NOT MADE IN SANTA FE, THEY'RE MADE IN ROSWELL, mm-hmm. RIGHT? AND SO YOU'VE GOT TO be FIND A WAY TO STREAMLINE ASSISTING THE local uh, LOCAL GOVERNMENTS MAKING DECISIONS AND STOP TRYING TO BE THE PERSON YOU KNOW, FROM 300 MILES AWAY, THIS IS I CAN SOLVE YOUR PROBLEM. GOTCHA. YOU
3: KNOW, know, UNFORTUNATELY, I THINK THE LEGISLATURE HAS DONE THE OPPOSITE SOMETIMES. THEY HAVE CREATED UNNECESSARY HARM BY PREEMPTING LOCAL ACTION. AND uh, THAT'S A PROBLEM. FOR EXAMPLE, IN THE EARLY 2000s, THE LEGISLATURE PREEMPTED Uh, local governments from enacting concealed weapon laws, concealed carry laws. And so uh, Albuquerque had wanted to do that, and they were forbidden from doing that by the state.
1: I forgot all about that. That's a good point there. Thanks again to our line opinion panelists.
0: In our last segment of the podcast today, Gene and the panel get into the idea of modernizing the state legislature. It's SOMETHING WE'VE TALKED ABOUT BEFORE BOTH ON THE SHOW FRIDAY NIGHTS AND HERE ON THE PODCAST. THIS WEEK, OUR PANEL OF FORMER LAWMAKERS ADDS SOME NUANCE TO THAT CONVERSATION. HERE'S GENE.
1: LET'S WELCOME BACK OUR LINE OPINION panelists FOR ONE FINAL DISCUSSION AS WE LOOK AHEAD TO THE 2023 SESSION. NOW EARLIER THIS MONTH, WE SAT DOWN WITH MARIO JIMENEZ OF COMMON CAUSE NEW MEXICO TO TALK ABOUT A RECENT POLL FROM THE RESEARCH AND POLLING FIRM SHOWING A MAJORITY OF VOTERS WERE IN FAVOR OF MODERNIZING THE STATE'S LEGISLATURE. THAT COULD MEAN THINGS LIKE LENGTHENING THE SESSION PAST THE 30 AND 60-DAY MARK, HIRING FULL-TIME STAFF FOR ELECTED OFFICIALS, AND THE BIGGIE, SENATOR um, SNYDER, I'LL START WITH YOU, PAYING LAWMAKERS A SALARY. NEW MEXICO IS CURRENTLY THE ONLY STATE, AS YOU KNOW, THAT DOESN'T PAY LAWMAKERS A SALARY. A FACT THAT SURPRISED MOST WHO WERE POLLED IN THE SURVEY. IT WAS INTERESTING, ONLY 32% SAYING THEY KNEW THAT. <laughs> IS IT TIME TO, IS THIS THE RIGHT TIME TO MODERNIZE THE STATE LEGISLATURE? giving all the other things that are out there in the air. We have the money to do it. We have the will to do it. We seem to have a desire from the public to do it. Do we have a moment here? Is this the
4: time? I think so, Mm -hmm. and it makes me think. I remember back when we tried to raise the per diem. All right. And the the way that it had to be written was, the legislators' per diem shall be no more than that of the city of Santa Fe. Yes. AND SO PEOPLE THOUGHT WE WERE, con- YOU KNOW, CONTAINING THAT IT COULDN'T GO. WE <laughs> WERE DOING something TO KEEP THOSE LEGISLATORS mm-hmm. UNDER CONTROL. WHEN IN FACT IT DID INCREASE THE uh, ACTUAL CASH VALUE mm-hmm. OF THE per diem. Mm-hmm. Um, I FOUND THAT THE SURVEY VERY INTERESTING IN LIGHT OF THAT, OF HOW MUCH THE PUBLIC HAS CHANGED IN ITS THINKING. Mm-hmm. OR AT LEAST this, THIS SURVEY SHOWS THAT. I THINK THERE WILL STILL BE SOME OPPOSITION. The old guard theory is that well they knew what they were getting into they you know then i have to tell you when i was in for eight years and when i left i had a tremendous debt as re- as a result of that my credit cards were higher than anything i had ever wanted to be mm-hmm. but i wanted to be able to participate and in in 135 dollars i think it was then did not cover sleeping and eating and no we don't get wined and dined all the time mm-hmm. we do get some mm-hmm. but i have to tell you one breakfast burrito does not change how i'm going to vote on something mm-hmm. it, it doesn't does mean just...
2: if i'm hungry if i'm starving <laughs> well, you get two I mean, breakfast burritos on I mean,
4: <laughs> but i mean you know i'm serious so so yes but to me the absolute most important thing and i advocated this in several different occasions is a staff yeah. a paid staff THAT I CAN DEPEND ON, uh, AND DON'T GET ME WRONG, THE STATE, uh, THE LEGISLATIVE COUNCIL SERVICE IS EXCELLENT. Mm -hmm. THEY DO A MARVELOUS JOB. BUT I WANT SOME, THEY HAVE TO SERVE ALL 112 OF US. SO I I WOULD LIKE TO HAVE SOMEONE THAT WORKED. WE EVEN PUT IN A BILL ONE TIME THAT SAID, OR or DISCUSSED IT MAYBE, THAT WE WOULD SHARE IN THE SAME WAY WE REPUBLICANS OF ALL WE USED TO SHARE SECRETARIES, is. THAT WOULD ONE STAFF PERSON TO TAKE CARE OF TWO LEGISLATORS. Right. ANYTHING TO HELP US DO A BETTER SERVICE TO OUR CONSTITUENTS. LET ME, let me, ask, uh, Dan, let me ASK DAN
1: THAT VERY ISSUE. I MEAN, it, DURING YOUR TIME, HOW WOULD it, THINGS HAVE BEEN DIFFERENT IF YOU HAD A FULL-TIME STAFFER?
2: WOULD IT HAVE BEEN appreciably <clears throat> BETTER? Or, well, I DON'T THINK IT WOULD HAVE BEEN FOR ME. I WAS FORTUNATE ENOUGH THAT I OWNED A BUSINESS IN ROSWELL. MY SIGN WAS OUTSIDE THE BUSINESS. BUT I DID HAVE A FULL-TIME PERSON THAT WORKED FOR ME THAT I PAID who spent she probably spent 70% of her time dealing with constituent stuff if it wasn't for her I wouldn't have been able to do the things I do Um, you know so it's it's important I mean people don't it's not easy to get to Santa Fe and schedule the time to get into a committee meeting and um, you know it's also not it's also would be helpful because you know the number of phone calls I remember one time getting a phone call uh, you know and there's a difference again between rural and urban New Mexico you know up here when I moved to Rio Rancho in Albuquerque, legislators are sort of thought of like city councilors. Where I lived in Roswell, legislators lots of times were thought of congressmen. I remember getting a call one time and some, some older gentleman yelling at me about why my staff isn't doing what they need to do and my staff should be more on it. And he sent me a letter and he can't believe that his taxpayers are paying my staff. And I said, hold on a second. Let me let you talk to my chief of staff. And I handed the phone to Josh, who was four years old at the time. And Josh was like, how hello, hello. And the guy, the guy was like, I was trying to have a conversation with my four-year-old son. And I had to explain, when there was no staff. There was the, That's right. You, when you're sending it, you're sending it to my home and to my emails. So I, I think before we look at paying people, before we look at because at the end of the day, the, the million-dollar question is, what do you pay him, right? I mean, $50,000 a year? I can tell you right now, I don't know many business leaders, lawyers, doctors, teachers that are going to quit their job for fifty thousand dollars a year to be a legislator. Do you pay them two hundred seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. a year? Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? What is mm-hmm. the right number? Florida has kind of an interesting concept where they pay them. I think it's now like fifty thousand a year, and they're allowed to have a job, but you have to file your job with the state. You got to let right. the legislative ethics committee know who you are, and they have staff. They have an. They have a hometown office. Um, that they have their staffers work in and they get a budget and all of that stuff. So I would imagine some sort of a hybrid may come up, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't think our state's that bad off that, you know, we get 112 knuckleheads together for 30 days, one year and 60 days, the next, and they get to go home and live amongst the people and have to answer for their, their, uh, their decision-making process. I think to some level, our system seems to be pretty good. The last thing I would say is we talk about getting people to run. Last time I checked, Every couple of years in the House, there ain't, there aren't, there are not a lot of races that are going unopposed. Yeah. Somebody's got it, somebody's got a primary, somebody's got a, some incumbents being challenged. So it's not like we're lacking the ability to find candidates to run. So I, you know, I think, I think we're in a unique situation. And sometimes for our state, the answer may not be changing it.
1: I, let me ask Senator Feldman about that because the public, according to the 800 plus that were polled by research and polling, they have a very different opinion about this than what Dan just. SORT OF LAID OUT THERE. HOW SHOULD WE INTERNALIZE WHAT THIS POLL IS ASKING? WHAT, what IS THE MARKETPLACE ASKING FOR, SO mm-hmm. TO SPEAK?
3: WELL, FIRST OFF, uh, LET ME ISSUE A DISCLAIMER IN THAT I DO WORK some SOMETIMES FOR COMMON CAUSE NEW MEXICO.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, THAT'S so- IT. NO CREDIBILITY, Dee. YOU GOT NONE. YOU CAN'T ANSWER so THIS I, QUESTION. SO I I'm KNEW
3: business. ABOUT THIS POLL BEFORE. Mm-hmm. YOU KNOW, IT USED TO BE THAT THE ASSUMPTION AMONG LEGISLATORS WAS THAT THE PUBLIC WOULD OPPOSE Paying legislators right. because they don't like politicians. They don't want to pay politicians. Um, but what uh, what we found is that every year, um, as New Mexico languishes last in terms of uh, employment, last in terms of poverty, mm-hmm. uh, and inability to solve some of these intractable problems, every year we've seen the um, THE su- PUBLIC SUPPORT FOR MODERNIZING THE LEGISLATURE GO UP. THAT'S RIGHT. Um, AND it, IT HAS DONE THAT uh, FOR A NUMBER OF YEARS. AND NOW I AGREE WITH DIANE, THE TIME HAS COME. IT IS THE RIGHT THING TO DO TO PROVIDE ADEQUATE STAFF AND uh, RESOURCES TO LEGISLATURES SO THAT THEY CAN DO THEIR JOB, SO THAT THEY CAN su- uh, set, SERVE THEIR CONSTITUENTS. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, with Di- I'M WITH DIANE. Uh, WHEN I WAS IN THE NEW MEXICO SENATE, um, I SPENT MY CAMPAIGN FUNDS TO SURVEY MY CONSTITUENTS TO FIND OUT WHAT THEY WANTED. Wow. THAT SHOULD BE A FUNCTION of, uh, OF EVERY LEGISLATURE, AND THEY SHOULD BE PAID TO DO IT. Um, but, they, BUT THEY AREN'T. NOW, ONLY THE PEOPLE WHO CAN AFFORD TO SUBSIDIZE THEIR OWN SERVICE SERVE IN THE NEW MEXICO LEGISLATURE. AND THAT IS A CERTAIN AGE GROUP. Uh, THERE ARE MANY PEOPLE THAT ARE RETIRED. Uh, THERE ARE MANY PEOPLE THAT, YOU KNOW, HAVE FULL-TIME JOBS OR BUSINESSES, uh, LAWYERS, REALTORS, INSURANCE GUYS. Um, NOT SO MUCH uh, THE ORDINARY JOE FROM uh, from NEW MEXICO. SENATOR, uh, uh, IS OUR SYSTEM SET
1: UP Mm -hmm. TO BE ABLE TO DEAL WITH A $12 BILLION BUDGET? MEANING WE HAVE A LOT OF MONEY COMING INTO THE STATE AND WE'RE SUPPOSED TO BE DOLING OUT MONEY, YOU KNOW, IN A WAY THAT'S COHERENT AND BENEFITS PEOPLE. IS
3: THAT REALLY POSSIBLE IN OUR SYSTEM AS WE HAVE IT NOW? NOT ACCORDING TO THE LEGISLATORS THEMSELVES. Uh, IN ADDITION TO THIS POLL, mm-hmm. THERE WAS ANOTHER SURVEY TAKEN OF LEGISLATORS BY THE BUREAU OF BUSINESS AND ECONOMIC RESEARCH OUT OF UNM. IT WAS THE SUBJECT OF A HEARING. Uh, AT THE COURTS AND CRIMINAL JUSTICE INTERIM COMMITTEE. Mm-hmm. AND uh, LEGISLATORS WERE SURVEYED, AND they, uh, THE, the ma- MAJORITY OF THOSE SURVEYED SAID, WE DO NOT HAVE ENOUGH TIME TO BECOME EXPERTS ON ROADS AND INFRASTRUCTURE AND UNDERSTAND WHAT THE IMPLICATIONS ARE right. OF SPENDING $12 BILLION. WE NEED TO DEVELOP EXPERTISE, WE NEED SOME PROFESSIONAL STAFF THAT CAN um, that can PROVIDE CONSTITUENT SERVICES AS WELL AS BECOMING AN EXPERT ON CERTAIN SUBJECTS. THAT'S WHAT EVERY LEGISLATOR DREAMS OF, TO BECOME AN EXPERT IN That's TAXES right. OR TO BECOME AN EXPERT IN HEALTH CARE.
2: JUDGING BY THE COMMENTS YOU HEAR ON NATIONAL TELEVISION ALL THE TIME, WE HAVE A FULL-TIME GROUP IN WASHINGTON, D.C. AND I WOULDN'T clar- CLASSIFY MOST OF THEM AS EXPERTS ON ANYTHING. SO, I'm not sure. Is that a good enough a reason someone. not
1: to do anything though, Dan? I mean, about I, don't perception, the but, I don't think the system is that
2: broken here. I don't think the system is that broken, well, Gene. Let, let, me, we, let right. me put this out there to Senator so Snyder. Let me, just, let me just say this to you before you go Senator <laughs> Snyder. I, I think having a, a phone poll is one thing. Mm-hmm. I think if you put this thing out for a vote, it will die a horrible death as a constitutional amendment to pay legislators. I think you're going to have to do exactly what Senator Snyder said, which is we will pay them no more. AND YOU'LL HAVE TO TRICK PEOPLE INTO VOTING FOR IT. I THINK PEOPLE LIKE TO ANSWER POLLS WHEN IT COMES TIME TO ACTION. THEY'RE NOT GOING TO VOTE TO PUT PEOPLE TO WORK AND PAY THEM $60,000, $70,000 A YEAR.
1: SENATOR do YOU HAVE ABOUT 20 SECONDS IF YOU HAD A THOUGHT THERE.
4: Okay. I WAS JUST GOING TO SAY mm-hmm. THAT DON'T COMPARE THE NEW MEXICO LEGISLATURE AND REASONS TO NOT DO THIS WITH CONGRESS BECAUSE OVER THE YEARS I'VE WORKED A LOT WITH CONGRESS AND I KNOW THAT THEY HAVE STAFF PEOPLE WHO ARE INCREDIBLE. In their subjects, AND we have plenty That's of
1: smart people that could be very good
2: staffers here. And we don't need a know. constitutional amendment, Gene, to have staffers. The legislature no. can make a decision to do this staffing without going. I think the to Common
1: Cause folks true. mentioned that that there might be some action on that this session because that is a separate thing you can kind of carve out. Gotta say thanks again to you guys as the line panel as always this week. Now be sure to let us know what you think about any of the topics the line covered on our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages, and. Catch any episodes you may have missed on the PBS Video app, on your Roku, or Smart TV.
0: Thanks to Gene, our Line Opinion panelists, and of course to you, our listeners. Don't miss New Mexico in Focus this Friday night at 7 o'clock on NMPBS. Gene sits down with Albuquerque Mayor Tim Keller for an exclusive interview about the city's Housing Forward initiative and the wider housing crisis facing New Mexico's largest city. You won't want to miss that one. Again, that's Friday night at 7 p.m. on NMPBS. Of course, if that time doesn't work for you, we always repost the show on our YouTube channel so you can watch it there, too. Also, keep an eye on our social media pages. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for updates throughout the week and for previews leading up to our show on Friday nights. Thanks again, everyone. I'm senior producer Lou DeVizio for Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. This is New Mexico in Focus, the podcast. Have a great week, everyone.